You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning and welcome to Recruiting for Mamas. Uh, based on our listeners at this point. Uh, it, I should call it recruiting for parents because a majority of our listeners are actually dads or men. This is um, an emergency podcast. Uh, It may not be relevant by Monday, but it is currently relevant in our current pandemic climate. And this particular episode is called The Great Utah Migration and why it makes sense to commit now versus committing later. And I'm basically doing this for two reasons. Um, To give you background on me, if you haven't listened to the other podcasts, my name's Jennifer Powers Johnson. I have a a Division I football player. His name is Jackson Light. He plays for Corner Canyon High School, and he is a verbal commit to the University of Oregon Ducks. Um, he's part of the 2021 class, and so um, that his he should be uh, signing with the early signing date in December. And at this point, we're planning to have him on uh, campus in January. However, based on the pandemic and the college season, that is up for possible fluctuation. So that's a background on me. I told you what we're going to talk about today, and the first thing is the great Utah migration. So, based on our current situation in the United States of America, regardless of how you feel about the pandemic, about masks, about the politics, etc., etc., the truth of the matter is this. There are states all around the nation that have either A, decided that they are not going to play high school sports, or B, have not yet announced whether or not they're going to play high school sports, or C, um, are thinking of pushing high school sports, um, football specifically, from either A, a, a starting at mid-August slash September timeframe to later in the year, and or flipping it to spring. And there's definite um, implications to all of those things. So if you are in a state that has decided that you are not going to play high school football, then that changes what you're going to do as a parent specifically to recruiting. So um, over the last few days, At Corner Canyon, not only have we seen kids who and their parents who have flown in from other locations, California, let's say, and are looking to move to Utah exclusively because they want their child to play their senior season. So 
Um, when you're talking about taking an athlete to the next level, having a senior season is really, really important. So from a parent's perspective, if I live in a state that isn't going to have football, I'm going to need to get my child to a state that does have football. And quite honestly, at this juncture, Utah's moving ahead with with football. If for some reason they decide they're going to shut down football and not have football in the state of Utah, uh, my husband and I have already uh, formulated plans to move to another state as well in order to get Jackson his senior season. And Jackson's in a really good position because he has already verbally committed to the University of Oregon, but not everybody is in that same position. So if Jackson was not to play his senior season, um, it would save some wear and tear on his body. However, we would be more concerned about him losing the tempo of the game, getting further away from what the competition looks like, that kind of thing. And so we as parents... Um, as the pandemic started and as we started to see that this was not just a blip but was going to be dragging on for a while, we actually made um, plans to move to a different state should Utah decide that they're not going to have football. Now, knock on glass or wood or whatever, at this point they still are planning, Utah's still planning on having football. However, there are many states around us that will not be making that decision until Monday. I know specifically that CIF, that's the governing body in California, is not making that decision until Monday, uh, July 20th, as well as Arizona, their governing body is not making that decision until Monday, July 20th. So depending on what those states decide, um, they will or will not be moving ahead with with football. So we have already seen, like I said before, kids flying in from Utah to look at specific programs. My husband was telling me that he talked to some of our coaches last night. They have already been fielding calls from uh, states all over the country saying, uh, do you have spots on your team for us? Can we come play for you? Um, Is high school going to go off? Now, the response is, and it should be from every single high school in the state of Utah, if you move here and you're registered as one of our um, students at our high school and you want to go out for football, great, you should be able to do that. Um, the truth is uh, that's all you can say because everything else is just conjecture, what may happen, what could happen. But I think what you're going to see in the next week or so is that you're going to have a migration from states all over the country whose high school football programs have been canceled and kids need to have a high school football season in order to get recruited, in order to get that film. Now, if I'm an athlete, I specifically want to do that because I need that football film. If I'm a parent, I did not raise a child, support them through the last 9, 10 years of playing this sport and sacrificing vacations and sacrificing everything I had to sacrifice for them to get to the finish line just for the race to be canceled, right? So I'm probably going to, at that point, Um, support them in looking to see where they could go. I saw on Twitter yesterday an athlete from Oregon 
who has family in Arkansas. He's played the last few years in Oregon, but the second he looked at the Oregon landscape for high school football, he said, I doubt this is happening. And so he contacted family members in Arkansas, and he'll be playing the fall in a private school um, in Arkansas. And, and you're seeing that all over Twitter. So um, you as parents need to be prepared for the fact that although you may have a kid that is a starter currently in the program, it could be very, very likely that other kids from other states who need that senior season, in theory, could be coming to your high school, especially if you have a high school program that is elite, um, just in order to get that senior season in to see that they can get recruited. And then if you look at this from a coach's perspective, at the end of the day, football is a merit system, right? You always want to stick your best players on the field to give your team the best shot at winning. So if I have kids who have moved into my school boundaries, they're registered at school, and they just happen to be a four-star prospect or a five-star prospect or a high three-star prospect who needs that senior uh, film, of course, they may be better than everybody else I have on the team. So I would want to give my team the best chance of winning. So I would want to put the best players on the field. Now, when I tell you all of that, there are going to be a lot of parents that are freaking out and they're going to be like, wait a minute, like my, my student athlete paid his dues. He worked his way up the ranks. Uh, this was going to be his year. He was going to be on varsity. He's gone to all the camps. Um, we've started to see some interest from specific schools. Wait a minute. Like this isn't fair. Well, the only thing I can tell you is, A, life isn't fair, and two, what can you do about it? Well, what you can do about it is have a very candid conversation with your athlete right now, and you need to tell your athlete, listen, it is very, very likely that if, depending on what other states do, there may be kids coming in from other states to compete with you on your position. Take advantage of the practice time that you have now and give it 100% because they can't take your starting spot if you don't give it up. If you win the battle for that position, there's no way anybody, regardless of their stars and their hype and their Twitter following, can come in and take your spot. And here's the other thing. It's not like they can show up tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday and say, okay, I'm on the team now. That's not how that works. You have to go through the transfer protocol, which is actually um, ran by the governing body within the state of Utah. And so they have very specific criteria by which they gauge whether or not someone is going to be um, available to play or not play. Now, if they absolutely uh, buy a house in the boundaries and they move their family in, that's that. Like they're, the transfer situation is kind of like, well, what's, what's there to talk about there, right? 
But if they use any of the other criteria, and all those criteria are available on the governing body's websites, and they should be for, frankly, anywhere around the country. Um, There's all sorts of if you are under legal guardianship rules or whether or not there's been a bullying situation. There's all sorts of, there's like five main ways that you can transfer to another school. And in those cases, if it's not just like a, uh, we moved into the boundaries, then there's going to be need, need to be a review process. So it's not like any athlete from another state would be showing up tomorrow. Uh, what would happen at that point is they would be going through the process and that gives your kid more time with their coach and in that system. That gives your kid more time to uh, lift weights and to be early and to learn the playbook and to give practice 100%. And especially right now when a lot of high schools in Utah are in camp or they've started practicing in pads and helmets, um, now's the time to earn your spot and you just need to keep grinding away. You just need to keep making sure you're doing whatever you can do in order to make sure that they have earned their spot. And I know I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but I feel like um, there is kind of this sense that, oh, my coach, you know, he knows us. He knows our family. He would never do that. Well, no, Again, football is a meritocracy, and so it's about whoever is the best for the position will absolutely win the day. So we've recently at Corner Canyon had kids move in that may have been started starters on other squads or um, had held specific positions on other squads, and at this point, they're doing just like everybody else does. It doesn't matter if you started somewhere else. It doesn't matter if you... Uh, used to be all that in a bag of chips at your previous program. At Corner Canyon, the best person who plays that position gets that position. And I mean, that includes my son as well. If my son Jackson decided one day like he wasn't showing up and wasn't performing and wasn't doing all the things he needed to do to earn that job, they would have no problem whatsoever with with sitting him down. That's just the way a meritocracy works. That's just the way football works and life is not fair and and that's the deal. So I just wanted to give everyone a massive head up, heads up that starting Monday, depending on what several states decide, uh, you could see an influx in kids coming to Utah in order to play their senior season. Now, if the, I mean, the upside of that is number one, you have a heads up in advance so you can do everything you can to be uh, working hard to keep your starting position. Number two, it's not going to happen overnight. So again, you have a little bit of a head start on uh, what the playbook is, uh, what the system is. Uh, Number three, you may get super lucky and maybe uh, you're very, very heavy in a certain talent pool in your high school and they will decide, oh, I don't want to come here because I'd, you know, be fighting with four other people for the, for these spots. So uh, that's possibly, and then a lot of times what you will have is um, not everybody has the financial ability to sell their home or pick up their lives and move to another state for their children. And so you may not get as many as could if if the 
rules about transferring were a little more lax, but they're not lax. So um, they're pretty stringent. So the people who do show up and end up being able to make that transfer had to jump through very specific hoops in order to do that. And then last but not least, I guess the good news and the upside is on this, with a lot of states not deciding that they're not going to have football in the fall, that takes all eyes on us. Um, there's that Britney Spears song, when we walk in the club, all eyes on us. Don't, don't quote me on that. But anyway, all eyes will be on us because if I am a college all across the country and I'm looking at film from last year or I'm looking at current kids who are playing right now, current kids who are playing right now against really good competition, that's more valuable to me because I can see a progression. I can see where they were last year versus where they are this year. And so, I mean, the upside of Utah moving ahead and everyone, please, for the love of Pete, max mask up because we want to save football. When that happens, that means that the eyes of the country will be on us and they'll be looking at our talent in the state of Utah and there may be additional offers and additional opportunities that come out of that because they don't have sports to watch everywhere around the country. So that's my number one important thing I wanted to tell you about the great Utah migration. And I think that we will start to see uh, possibly some of that as early as July 20th, Monday, or I could be totally wrong. And this entire 16 minutes, you've been listening to me kind of rant on and on about this. Um, and maybe other states will continue to have their football season. And then you'll be like, oh, like I was prepared in case, but no, it ended up not happening. And that's, you know, that could happen as well. I mean, we all know that just when we think we have the answers on things, something else happens and we don't have the answers on things. Okay, the second part of this emergency podcast is why my personal belief is that you should commit now. From what I'm seeing across the board, the old style way of making a commitment for at least this year is out. It doesn't exist anymore. Unless you are a high four-star player or a five-star player, you will not be taking your five official visits. Um, At this point, the NC2A has extended the quiet period where you cannot go on campus in any official capacity, whether it's an official visit or an unofficial visit. Like You can't even run into coaches out and about in the world. In fact, recently, Jackson um, and his uh, Uncle Travis were at... I want to say Fashion Place Mall, picking up something. We recently had a wedding and they were starving. And so they walked into California Pizza Company and they look and Jackson looked across the room and saw a coach, a member of the coaching staff at the University of Utah. And they both gave each other this look like, oh no, like you're a recruit and I'm a coach. And Jackson said, we got to go. And he turned around and walked out of the restaurant because there was no way he was going to 
put that program in jeopardy or him in jeopardy in any way, shape, or form. So what the NC2A has done is they have decided that it's a quiet period until August 31st. Starting August 31st or maybe prior to that, they'll come up with a determination about what the quiet period will be moving forward or whether or not they're going to allow any official visits. Now, if I'm reading the tea leaves, what I'm going to say about this is the following, that the let's take the Pac-12, for instance. The Pac-12 has already canceled all non-conference games, and they're putting together a schedule for the conference. They are doing that not because uh, this place is more dangerous than this place, and I know there's been a lot of chatter about that. The reason why the Pac-12 did that is because you can only control what you can control. So if I'm the Pac-12 commissioner, I know I have complete and total control over the teams within my realm, right? So that means I can decide when they're tested. I can decide how we're going to trace any um, infections that end up coming from that. I can uh, make sure that they are tested weekly. I can put in all sorts of rules and protocols about those student athletes in those football programs. But I can't say if I'm playing BYU, if I'm Utah and I'm playing BYU, like I can't guarantee what BYU is going to do or not do when it comes to those protocols. So I need to manage my house before I can manage someone else's house. So that's why the Pac-12 made those decisions. Well, with that in mind, the last thing you want to do is add an additional layer of complexity on that by allowing kids from high school programs who may or may not have tested, who may or may not be masking or social distancing or been in any way, shape, or form exposed to the virus to come on campus and have their official visit. At the current climate, I would be very surprised if official visits end up happening. So if that's the case, right, if there aren't going to be a bunch of official visits, then holding out to take five official visits in the fall before you make a commitment is incredibly unwise. And here's why. If I am a college program and I have put out X amount of offers and I have so many people who've already committed to me, so I can take like the University of Oregon right now, I have no idea how many offers that they have out in total, but what I do know is currently they have 17 commitments right? And so they're getting very close to the amount of commitments they can take in the 2021 class. And it's the same for universities all over the nation. So if you are a, have a scholarship offer from a specific university and you are not having daily conversations with, is this still committable? Can I commit to you? then you're operating in a system where you don't know whether or not they're actually going to accept your commitment. Right now, within the state of Utah, there are maybe five kids total that can hold out and and wait for additional offers to come in. Um, those five are it. And I would name them, but I feel like that would be slightly disingenuous. And I think I would uh, maybe anger some people because if you think you're part of that five kids and you're not part of that five kids, that would be a problem. But there are essentially five kids in the state of Utah right now who could, in theory, hold out and not commit to anybody. And regardless of what they commit, there would still be an offer waiting for them. Five total. 
all the other kids in the state of Utah, if you are not having weekly Zoom calls and daily texts, because here's the other thing too, um, because it is a dead period and because it is extra normal circumstances right now because of the pandemic, the people who they are cultivating relationships with, the programs around the country, are they are hearing from those people daily. Jackson's been committed to Oregon at this point for nine months, and we still hear daily from most of the coaches on the staff. Hey, guys, make it a great day. Hey, I just wanted to let you know I saw this. Hey, we went deep sea fishing. It's a constant communication. It's a relationship. They don't go away for a week or two weeks and then pop back in. If you're not having daily or weekly conversations with those colleges, then number one, you're not developing that relationship. And that would be a huge, huge red flag to me to let me know that it's quite possible that that offer that they extended you is no longer committable. So if you are a kid that only has one or two offers and you are not communicating with those people daily, the first thing you need to do is go and check and see whether those offers are committable. And then I would look at those offers and say to myself, of these offers that I currently have right now, which one would I wanna make a commitment on? And then frankly, I would commit. Most the highly rated athletes in the U.S. at this juncture are already committed verbally to a university. Most of them are. And I'm seeing uh, through the end of July and maybe the first week of August scheduled uh, commitments. But uh, in the past, what would happen is you would have kids who would end up at a Under Armour Bowl or a Adidas All-American Bowl, any of those bowl games, and they would commit live and on TV, it would be a miracle at this point if those games ended up going forward. And so the time for committing publicly on television and the time for holding out for better offers and the time for all of those things has been completely changed by the pandemic. If you have an offer... If you have a good relationship, I would reach out to those coaches right now, sit down with your family, make sure that you know uh, what it is that you want to do with the offers that you currently have in hand, and then I would make a commitment. Because here's the situation, nothing is guaranteed from this point forward. Hopefully, Utah will have a season, Utah High School will have a season, hopefully, There won't be a bunch of four or five high three kids moving into Utah and taking everybody's starting job. If you're one of those five kids, you probably don't have to worry. But if you're not one of those top five kids in the state, you do have to worry. Um, And then hopefully everything goes the way it's supposed to go. But hope is not a strategy. You need to have a strategy for what you're going to be doing in the event that there is no football and that there isn't football anywhere else and there's nowhere you can move to have that football. If all those things are the case, then what you have in your hand today, offer-wise, is all you're going to get. And I think it's very, very important to love the people who love you because these are not regular circumstances and I don't see, when I look at the tea leaves, that changing significantly. I absolutely could be wrong. I could be wrong. You don't have to take my advice, but that is what um, I'm seeing coming down the pipe. 
And I don't know that all these seniors that think they're going to have senior film are going to have senior film. So let's just quick recap. Starting Monday, there will be parts of the U.S. who have announced that they're not going to have football. There are some that have already announced that now. Plans are in place right now for kids with parents with the financial means to move their children to an area in which they could play high school football. Now, I think that there may be people who listen to this that go, oh my gosh, they're spending more on moving their kid uh, to the state to play football than they would just paying for college. They should just pay for college. At this point, when you look at Division One, it literally has nothing to do. I mean, the fact that you get a scholarship and your education paid is a giant deal. But these are kids with goals beyond college football. These are kids with their sights set on the NFL. Whether those dreams are realistic or not, who knows? Because every year, roughly, there's maybe 250 to 400 college athletes that make it to the NFL, right? So... But those families have bought in. Those players have bought in to their dreams. So they're going to do whatever it takes and sacrifice whatever it takes to help their child make it to the next level. And the next level takes you to the NFL if you do it right. So um, as much as there will be people who think, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Why would you do all that just for football? Like this isn't just for high school football. This is to get to the right college, to get to the NFL. And, and in, the, in the scope of that, um, parents who are dedicated to their children and dedicated to their dreams absolutely will make that kind of sacrifice. Um, so I feel like I've given you a lot of information right there. Um, the last thing I just uh, want to talk to you about really quickly is that for the last couple of days... Um, we've been lucky enough to go to Corner Canyon and go to practice, and we've had the opportunity to speak to some parents. And there's two prevailing thoughts from parents about um, something that's kind of off topic. Um, if you're not going to go Division One and you have an athlete that's going to go Division Two or Division Three, I don't want to hear that that's not good enough. Like, I talked to a parent two days ago that said, oh, yeah, that was cute, wasn't it, that he got that D3 offer. Uh, it's not cute at all. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's an opportunity. Um, a D3 kid could turn into a D2 kid, which could turn into a D1 kid while it was all said and done. And there's, a, you know, you've got to make the most of your opportunities when they come. And if you if there's a university out there at a D2 or a D3 level that's willing to take a shot on you and let you play at the next level and help pay for your education, I don't see in a million years why you wouldn't help and encourage your kids to do that. What is the point of all of this and your kid having those dreams if you're going to poo-poo the kind of opportunity that comes in based on your dreams? Not everything's going to be a home run out of the gate. Sometimes you've got to hit a single and then move to, you know, still second and still third before you can make it home. And so I just want to, like, caution you all 
who listen to this to just be aware there's no such thing as a bad offer. Every offer is an opportunity to keep playing the game. And that's what it's all about, right? To keep playing the game that your student athlete loves. So if it's not at a D1 college, if it's at a D2 or a D3 college, that is an opportunity and under no circumstances should you be poo-pooing that. Okay, this is a shorter episode. It's only 30 minutes. I feel like I've covered the two things that were so, so important. So from my perspective, it makes sense right now to have a heads up about the possible migration from other states into Utah. And from my perspective, committing right now is absolutely the thing that needs to be done. Um, And then you need to do a gut check on the offers you may have and let them know you're interested in committing and see if those offers are still committable. And last but not least, even if this all happens, all my predictions come true, if you are working hard every day, if you are knowing your playbook, if you're a good teammate, if you're lifting, if you're playing to the best of your ability, then don't let anyone come in and take your job. And you'll get your senior season if football goes off in Utah. All right, kids. Um, just go out there and do the next right thing, one thing at a time. It'll take you all the way home.